This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Um, we're working in the middle of random noises and people, <laughs> so don't worry if you hear random stuff in the background. Yeah, it was storming before. We've got a deeply pregnant woman in the kitchen. It's all nah. just the, the dream. It's how it works. <laughs> um, okay, there are a bunch of smaller stories. This is thankfully not as, like... Insane of a week okay. as previous ones have been, but Thank a lot you. of small, a lot of small stories of this podcast. that are just really interesting. It okay. doesn't mean they're not important, though. So, <laughs> here is one from uh, BYU Idaho, so Brigham Young University. We've uh-huh. mentioned this school before because their Idaho branch is almost more fundamentalist than even BYU itself is in this some the ways. One that- Fired the professor? They fired okay. a professor not too long ago because uh, I, she basically said gay people are all right. Ugh, and they didn't like that. The horror. I know. So a student, a former student there, yeah. she posted on the ex-Mormon subreddit uh, yesterday, basically saying, she, I guess she has left the school. And so the school sent her an email saying, uh, basically, hey, we want to know what's going on. Can you take a quick survey? I guess they just send this automatically to everyone. A quick survey just about why you left. Okay. Yep. And can you tell us whatever you can? Right. I, I don't know if it's anonymous. I assume it is. But tell us why you left. I bet it's not. I don't she tried to, to take it. <laughs> she tried to take it, but she couldn't log in because I guess her school email or credentials have expired. So okay. it was kind of useless. So she just wrote them back an email. And it's not funny at all. Here's the email that she sent them Oops. Uh, to BYU-Idaho. Yep. Your survey didn't let me log in. I didn't return to BYU because I was raped by a student (gasps) and the honor office and Dean Harris held me accountable and suspended me for it. Do not email me again. Thank you. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. And I, I obviously can't confirm any of that stuff, but I did speak to this person over email uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and we're recording this on Thursday, whatever date it is. The third, maybe? I've lost track of time. Yeah, it's the third. Um, she told me that she didn't want me to use her real name. That's fine, but uh-huh. I could talk about this. But the school's honors o- uh, honor office, I mean, uh, BYU has a rule that says you cannot have premarital sex. That is a violation of their school rules. It's a religious school. They're allowed to do that whatever um i guess she had consensual or she had sex with some guy uh-huh. he says it was consensual she claimed it went way further than that she uh-huh. did not give consent but because the police did not have enough evidence to say this was rape but they couldn't pers- uh, prosecute this case in any way uh-huh. the school therefore said well it's not rape but you did have sex so we got to punish you for that and so she had to Get out. She violated their rules. Um, yeah. I don't know what happened shit. to the guy. I'm oh. really curious about that. Hey, Hammond, In I terms bet, of I bet if it's the school nothing. kicked him out. Yeah. I bet. I'm going j- <laughs> to uh, just swing it for the fences here. I'm going to say nothing. I don't know. Um, uh, and then when she got home. I don't know that. I don't know. When she got home, she still had to go through a repentance process within the Mormon church at oh, home. Um, which meant talking to a bishop and apologizing for violating, you know, their rules. She has now since decided, I'm going to walk away from the Mormon church. Oh, really? Why? Yeah, Did she say? I don't know. So I have Mormonism, Mormons in general, the LDS. I think it's a really interesting topic in terms of like 
just when we discuss religions and, you know, Christianity is like this and Catholicism is like that. Mormons in so many ways are really like the people that come out of it tend to be really good people and really hard workers. And I've known a lot of Mormons and it's, they have a good reputation. They do have a good reputation. On the surface. Yes. And it's, and I've had many conversations with people of like that. Their kind of thesis statement was those Mormons are great. And like, generally raised very moral and upstanding and and good kids with, you know, sharp haircuts. But it's easy to forget that shit like this happens and it's so puritanical and it's so, it's so by the book that that's the, I mean. I mean, even if they did suspend the boy for doing this, for breaking the same rule, it still doesn't make any of this any better. I mean, that's saying. The situation is still horrible. That's saying that like, possibly raping somebody is just as bad as definitely having sex. Yeah. Like that's the same thing. Yeah. Cool. Definitely morally the same ones. (laughs) Good job. So, all right. Let's go. That sucks. I hope. It really does. I hope she's okay. I hope things. Yeah. I wish the best for her. Any better for her. I don't know. That's not even the right thing to say, but. Yeah. I mean, it was a really good Mexican restaurant in Idaho that I would recommend to this young lady. It's near Salmon. Will that make her feel better? It's called Broken Arrow. It's really good. I haven't been there in 10 years. There you go. I'm just trying to help. (laughs) Anything will help. (laughs) Okay, Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, They've had some issues lately with a lot of church-state separation uh, issues, but this is one that it seems pretty straightforward. There shouldn't be controversy about this. Okay. The Knoxville Police Department has a sign in the building that is Romans chapter 8, verse 31. It's a famous Christian Bible verse. Oh, so and famous. I'm going to say it by heart. I'm going to sound like Hemant, but... <laughs> Here's what it says, okay. the part that you've heard of. If God is for us, then who can be against us, is the sentiment here. If God is for us, who can be against us? It's part of the Bible verse. They have that plaque engraved on a plaque hanging in the police department. And mm. so... First of all, I mean, there's so many things wrong with saying, hey, we're a police department. We work on evidence. We have weapons here. Yeah. God will protect us. But by the way, we need bulletproof vests and guns and weapons. Um, And also, I feel like that's a super good example of like another of those nonsense phrases that like it sounds really meaningful, but like... (laughs) What is that? Doesn't yeah, mean I'm anything. pretty sure the criminals have a god too. I'm pretty sure other cities, police officers. No, but damn it, no, it's the wrong god. You mm, know this clearly. Uh, they, so the East Tennessee chapter of the Freedom from Religion Foundation. Uh-huh. Someone told them about this. Had a picture of it. They basically wrote a letter to the police department and mayor and all this, saying, "Hey, that needs to come down. Uh-huh. We don't want to m- make a big deal out of this, but you should take that down." And about a week ago, one of the people, like the city has a law director, he basically made this argument that to the press, to the media, look, we would love to fight this thing, but it's going to cost a lot of money. Uh-huh. It's a taxpayer issue. Uh-huh. So the atheists kind of are making us do this. Yeah, we did so, a thing good, and <laughs> that's the end of the story, right? Let's blame the atheists is basically what he said. Um, specifically, he said he agreed with the Knoxville mayor, Madeline Rogero, who said, let's not spend taxpayer money to fund a defense of this plaque. Oh, so we'll take it human. down. That It's a reasonable conclusion. Yeah. But the argument was, look, it's just going to waste money on our end. It's not that we're wrong. 
It's oh, that atheists are suing us and we don't want to fight this. It's a waste of time and resources. So I guess the atheists win. Don't blame us. Blame them. That, and you know what? I'm fine with that. But as long We've as... We've been taking so much the, blame for so much shit. I will, ta- I will personally take that on me that I fucked over Knoxville, Tennessee. Sorry, Knoxville. That's, that's <laughs> on me. That's my bad. So... That's what they did. They said, I think what they actually ended up doing is they said, fine, we'll remove the plaque from where it's at right now. Uh We'll move it actually to a different part of the building, which sounds not like a solution at all. Is it the church part of the building? (laughs) Yeah. No, but they created what's called, I want to make sure I get this right. Yeah. They created a hall of inspiration where they have this Christian plaque and... Plaques that have verse a verse from the Quran and a Hindu famous line and some secular like Mark Twain something okay. positive. That's fine. There's really nothing legally wrong with that as far as I can tell. I mean, it's dumb. It's dumb. I don't think that's legal, though. If you're a cop and you need to read those quotations to make you feel better, like, eh, I don't know how much confidence. that garbage. But all right. It's not illegal, so fine. But here's the interesting thing. Wait, really? Mark Twain? They went Mark, Mark Twain? Twain? They had a couple. <laughs> What was the Mark Twain quote? I, I don't know. They, I didn't see what it was, only that they included his words in there. Okay. But what's interesting is after they announced this, quote, Hall of Inspiration, uh, now they're finally saying, because the Christian Broadcasting Network, the Pat Robertson Network, mm-hmm. they do the 700 Club, they wanted to know, hey, if this is just a money situation for you and you don't want to waste taxpayer no. money. Wait, this is interesting. Good reporting because this is a fair question. They wanted to know. They're like, I'm sure there are Christian legal groups like the Alliance Defending Freedom, American Center for Law and Justice. Uh-huh. They'll defend you for free. Yeah. I mean, if you lose, you will owe money to the atheists. <laughs> sure. But they will defend you for free. So uh-huh. why didn't you take them up on those offers? Did none of them approach you about this? Okay. Um, which is an interesting question because, yeah, those Christian groups always approach yeah. <laughs> police departments. And you now they're in a bind because they already said we're not doing this because of the cost. Uh-huh. Blame the atheists. Sure. And the Christian group, is a uh, Christian broadcasting network, says they'll do it for free. So just take them up on it. So now what did they say? Uh-huh. Knoxville Communications Director Jesse Mayshark said other officials determined that Freedom From Religion Foundation was correct. Hey! And the plaque had to go. We did a thing. I know. And the mayor adds, you know, as our founders recognized when they wrote the Constitution, the best protection for religious liberty is to restrict the government's role in promoting or endorsing any particular faith. Yay, yeah, Knoxville. she she went on. It's it's good. It's worth repeating. We may not understand that a Bible verse that gives us strength and comfort may send an entirely different message to someone else that you are not welcome here. That this government body does not represent you. It's what the atheists have it. been saying forever. It just took the Christian Broadcasting Network to ask them a tough question to get them to admit that, I'm, oh, we were wrong about this. It wasn't about money at all. I'm getting that statement tattooed across my back. It's like, a long good, statement. Well, that's I've all, got that's a an very expensive, painful tattoo. <laughs> um, that's, and the mayor released that? The mayor said that. Oh, that's... An, Only anyways, after. After they were calling listen, out. But listen. Listen. Hey. I'm fine with that. That's awesome. Yeah. So oh they're finally God. doing the right See, thing. See, that's what this should look like. Like yeah. somebody, ag- people sometimes are wrong and it's okay <laughs> to acknowledge it. Sometimes. And I'm sorry, was the mayor a woman? Uh, I think so. Okay. Just, yep. I just wanted to make sure we all noted that. Um, <laughs> hey, really quick sidebar. Yes. What does the 700 Club mean? Oh, sh- do you know? We've gone through this, haven't we? You and I? 
We have. We have discussed this before really? and at the time okay, I kept forgetting. Okay, then we don't have to talk it again. Because... I have no idea. Is it 700 people? Or maybe we have. No, I, that's because we had this because it was the Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, yeah. The oh, 144. Okay. I'm Wikipediaing this thing right now. Perfect. Um, in 1962, blah, 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 had a telethon. Pat Robertson set a goal of 700 members contributing 10 bucks a month. It's basically Patreon, but several decades ago. Oh. So they called it 700 Club because you'd be supporting what Pat Robertson does. And it only does. took 700 people? Uh, at the time, then he expanded it to everyone on Earth has to give him money to... Do whatever it is he does. Well, I mean, his broadcasts are so high quality. I see why oh, he yeah. needs to keep up that technology. Um, <laughs> that's excellent. Also, yesterday, um, my, I was in the city for a minute. Supposed to play kickball. The team didn't show up. I drove an hour and a half with oh, my no. dog into the city. Anyway, my husband and I were driving back um, on southbound I-55 in Stevenson. Kay. There's a creation museum billboard up there. Oh, Did you I'm know not that? surprised. I didn't know that. I'm not surprised. They try to go everywhere within like a one day driving distance. I just so I, what is creation museum? It's like six hours from where we are right now and outside of Chicago. Yeah. So yeah, if it's six hours away, they'll do a billboard. And I like it. I mean, it's on I-55, which goes south eventually towards st louis and i like the prospect of <laughs> they're catching people like well i'm going south anyway I might, <laughs> might as, well as well just go with this momentum and go all the way to the creation they didn't think museum. this one through anyway i was just very surprised by that it's and actually it has, been a quiet creation museum week oh, this thing. week it does have a big like dinosaur on the uh, it's with a, a man riding it i'm sure it, oh there's no man there's no saddle i'm always disappointed no. but it was like a museum with a <laughs> with a dinosaur silhouette on it anyway still frustrating uh, so the White House has a Bible study. <laughs> oh yeah. What? Yep. I'm so- Wait. Attend weekly. Uh, it's no. a week. Guess who doesn't attend? Is it Donald Trump? Oh yeah. <laughs> the White House Usually, has but, a Bible study. But everyone else attends. Names include oh, Tom Price, Health Secretary, uh, Rick Perry, the Energy Secretary, Betsy DeVos, the Education, Sonny Perdue, Agriculture, Jeff Sessions, Mike Pompeo, CIA Director, Vice President Mike Pence, Sonny, Sonny, former uh, Georgia Governor, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, they have this every week. In theory, this shouldn't be an issue. Like Congress has a Bible study. Uh, it as long as it happens when you're not on the uh, clock. I don't care. It's just whatever. Dumb. Exactly. It doesn't matter. It's not illegal. Now, I did hear this is taking place during work hours, which would be a separate problem. But yeah. let me put that aside for a second. And yes, Trump doesn't usually come to this thing. Shocker. Um, but what's really interesting here? And by the way, the reason it's not a big deal, like you know, Obamas would go to church every sure. Sunday or many Sundays. George W. Bush did something similar. That again, you're allowed to practice your faith when you're in the executive branch. Right. But it's it's just more Christianity in this branch, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Here's what's scary. The man who leads this uh, Bible study, his name is Ralph Drollinger. He his runs name a group. Is God. Yeah. He runs a group called Capital Ministries. They basically it's a whole ministry dedicated to helping Congress members get their Bible in. religious. Yeah, so like they do the Bible studies in Congress. He Mm -hmm. does, he sends out like, here's a profile of a wonderful, godly member of Congress, whatever. Um, So he's the guy who's running these Bible studies. He's the one who talked to reporters that, yeah, we have these Bible studies. Um, Here's the problem with all this. This guy is so conservative in his Christianity. What has he said in the past? (laughs) Catholicism is the world's largest false religion. 
because it's not his brand of Christianity. God, I'm tr- looking for a problem with that. Uh-huh. But homosexuality <laughs> is an here abomination. Oh, well, now now here are things that I care about. <laughs> um, here's mm, if a woman with children yeah, oh. is serving in Congress, oh, it no. is sinful. Oh, because God. she should be home with the kids, not the dads, wow. by the way, with the kids, just wow. the women. Like, so this guy is very conservative. No, he said, no, he sounds chill and reasonable. Uh Um, The funniest thing he said in an interview or conversation with, again, Christian Broadcasting Network, because they have access all over the place right now, Uh um, is that Drollinger said he loves Trump. Trump is like the, quote, biblical strong man, Samson, because he's strong and he's powerful. And he's got that hair. And he's got the hair. But like the story of Samson, though, this is someone who like irrationally gets strength from his hair. Like there's no reason he should be getting strength from his hair. I thought his hair was magic. But okay, it's magical somehow. He commits acts of genocide in the Bible, Samson does. Um, he gives away his biggest secret because his wife is like, how do we destroy you? And finally, he's like, my hair, don't tell anyone. She tells people. Delilah, right? <laughs> Delilah. Um, <laughs> I mostly know from He's that song. eventually defeated Someday because of his pride. <laughs> like comparing Trump yeah. to Samson is, is not a compliment. And it's completely accurate. And completely accurate. What song is it? Someday we'll know. Oh, Samson new radicals. Look at me. Wow, you know, I know a thing. I know a thing. Congratulations. Um, there is a YouTuber, Dark Matter 2525, oh, who does animations. Uh-huh. Uh, had a three-part video series. Just, <laughs> it's animating the story of Samson. Um, oh, and literally, the Bible verses pop up as <gasps> they're going through the story. Oh, that's pretty dope. Like, he's not making this up. No. It's literally word for word. Um, it's brilliant. I really like it. I'm going to look it up. Um, look it up. Uh, okay. Uh, one more thing about Donald Trump and religion before we move on to something else. Uh, I'm just kidding. There's way more of Donald Trump <laughs> Um, There was this story that's still kind of in the news that is all about how Donald Trump's son met with a Russian lawyer when the campaign was going on to get dirt on Hillary Clinton. And like, we don't know the extent, but like at first he said, no, I was just meeting with someone about adoptions because there's a thing between the U.S. and Russia about adopting kids. Uh I want to talk to her about that. That was it. And then like reporters find out, no, the headline of the email was like, Hillary, emails, Russia, whatever. <laughs> and like they keep getting more information. And then it wasn't just those They're two. So bad at this. How can They're such anybody bad. be this <laughs> bad at spying? And I, I mean And then more stories said there are more people at the meeting. Like Paul Manafort knew. There were other people in oh the Trump God. team who knew. There were more Russians at the meeting. Like that's the funny, scary like, part I'm of the entire Russia the, story. The last paragraph is like, gee, I sure hope like the FBI doesn't find these emails. LOL. <laughs> Raffle. Yeah. And they have, and they even said like, we're, we want to talk to you about Hillary's emails. Oh and Trump's son responds like, that sounds awesome. Whatever he Can't said. Can't wait. Yeah. So. Um, Let's do collusion, Russia. The latest breaking story. It's Thursday, so this won't be breaking in like 10 seconds. But <laughs> the Washington Post said, uh, this week that, oh, it turns out Donald Trump actually crafted, he helped craft the statement no, that, he didn't. Lied, he that lied about how his son was meeting about adoption. So oh. when they were like, oh, no, they already know the meeting happened. What should we say about it? Trump himself 
was like, tell them it was about adoptions. <laughs> like he totally was in on this. Cool. So that's a story. That's what a lot of political people were reporting this week. Uh-huh. What's interesting to me and relevant to this podcast anyway, is that Trump's lawyer, his personal lawyer, who's been involved in this situation since like recently, uh-huh. whenever he hired this guy, Jay Sekulow, he's the guy from the American his Center for Sekulow. Yep. He Sekulow. Like a secular superhero. <laughs> Sekulow works for the American Center for Law and Justice. He's yeah. become filthy rich off the backs of Christians who give his family money uh-huh. to run these groups. And now he's Trump's personal lawyer. Uh-huh. But again, the thing this guy has been known for is he's a conservative Christian. He fights those legal battles that church-state separation groups are always on the other side of. Uh-huh. Um, and when he got hired, like, what's your first job as Trump's lawyer? It's to go on all those Sunday morning shows and right. defend Trump. Right. And they were all asking him about this meeting. And they're like, did Trump have anything to do with this? And what did Jay Sekulow, the very hardcore religious guy, say? The president was not involved in the drafting of the statement. That is what I can tell you. Uh, He said in another network, the president wasn't involved. He didn't sign off on anything. He, I mean, what are the options here? He lied. Right. He knew Trump was involved and he lied. Right. He didn't know Trump was involved. And yet he said that either out of ignorance or a lie. I mean, or he was just defending Trump on national television which is incompetent of him. Uh-huh. Like to not just say, I don't know, I'll find out. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Like his religious right lawyer is lying for him on television. That's what evangelical, I mean, I don't even think secular, uh, I don't know if he's evangelical. Maybe he is. I don't know if he's hardcore Catholic or if he's evangelical, but he is very religious. Uh-huh. He fights for evangelical conservative but also causes. Lies. You would, but he lies. That is what he's now known for more than anything. Um, which is good. I'm glad people are finally figuring that out. But Oh, my God. Yep. So at what point does somebody lying on Trump's behalf trickle back to him, or does it? Do you uh, know? I think that's what Robert Mueller and that whole investigation is trying to figure out. So I don't know. My God. It just... Not, like, you keep thinking, well, this is... It. And that's why every time something comes up like oh this is it this is the nail in the coffin and like nothing continues to happen Mm -hmm. and i get these things go slowly but like i'm sort of at a point that i'm like okay like i gotta push alert the fbi is looking into whatever whatever like okay can you just just tell me when you're gonna do something (laughs) instead of like we're gonna which which, i get it this shit moves slowly and you need to gather evidence etc etc but like i can't i can't keep hearing this kind of garbage with no consequences and no follow through and nothing coming going. after it. Yeah. And um, still be like, unless Republicans think their seats are at stake because of it, which will take another year and another election to figure out uh-huh. or someone gets, I don't know, cojones. They're not. I don't know. I just, it's just fucking dumb. Like what, why? Like what, what, what point are consequences a thing? I know I say this like fair, every fair week, enough. but like, just consequences no longer exist anymore. It's None. super cool unless, like, you have sex. And then everybody's, like, <laughs> freaking the fuck out. Get but, out like, of our school. light treason. Everyone's like, ah, it's fine. Like, I Details. just can't. I can't. All I right. There is an NFL player uh, who I had not heard of before this week. The Flat week. Earther guy? Flat Earther yes. guy. Yes. Um, wait, this is a different one. <laughs> yeah, flat, Earth, flat Earth is involved. Okay. That's not what he said. Uh, his name is DJ Reader, R-E-A-D-E-R. He's for the Houston Texans, plays for them. 
Um, I wasn't familiar with him before this week. I don't know how good he is. Okay. But his teammate, who I have heard of, J.J. Uh-huh. Watt. Um, I've I, heard of him. Yeah. Uh, big NFL. I don't know if he's an all-star. Maybe an all-star. Guy. Um, said on Twitter, our lockers have been next to each other for over a year, and I just found out DJ Reader doesn't believe in dinosaurs. Oh, Says yeah. fossils are fake. <laughs> Says fossils are fake. And to which Reader responds, don't knock my theories. Well, I mean, respect him. You By know, the way, JJ and people what? pushed back on this like, dude, you can't be for real. He responds back, dead serious. LOL. Guys need to stop ending texts and tweets with <laughs> LOL because it just loses meaning. Oh, I d- man. So, now, a couple interesting dinosaurs. Done, they're just lies. They're, yeah, they never existed. I guess that's, that's, and I brought this up when we talked about Flat Earth. Like, f- who benefits from this, right? Like, you have to, when there is a big, massive conspiracy. <laughs> Who's benefiting from this? Like, even the thing of like... Even Ken Ham believes in dinosaurs. Right. With saddles. With saddles and and that we rode. Yeah. Reader attended Clemson, by the way. And Clemson is notorious for having a coach who pushes religion on his players. Like, they get baptized on the field, things like this. Wait. Oh, yeah. They get baptized on the field? I, pr- I think so. Yep. <laughs> I just imagine them pouring, like, the Gatorade like they no, do at the No, it's baptismal end of, pool. <laughs> at the like, end of, you know, when they win the Super Bowl, <laughs> they jump the Gatorade. <laughs> it's, that's how you get with Jesus now at Clemson. Um, so it's like, okay, I mean, that fits with what I know about his college. Sure. That fits with him. That also fits with everything I know about NFL stars getting their head bashed in every way yeah. too many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, this comes after Kyrie Irving in the NBA said the world is flat uh-huh. and he still hasn't backed down from that really. He, I mean, he doesn't sh- even have an Kevin, excuse. Show him proof. I'm working. I on dare it. you. I dare you. <laughs> show him proof. The funniest thing is remember Arian Foster, he was the atheist NFL player. Uh, there was one okay. in the NFL openly atheist. Uh, he retired last year. Um, he had injuries toward the end of this, uh, his career. What, a football and stuff. player had injuries? I can't. I know. Uh, but he, he was playing on the same team. I don't know if they're pa- on Houston's team. I don't know if their paths crossed at all, but man, to know what those conversations were like in the yeah. locker room, if they ever met, would be interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so baptizing the field, super baptizing chill. Baptizing the field. I can't. That's so weird. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, remember activist mommy? The teen Vogue woman. The one who hated anal sex or something. Yup. Or something. Uh, So there's another YouTuber, podcaster, I think, uh, Godless Engineer, uh, who does a lot of good work. He tipped me off to this, that uh, Elizabeth Johnson, Johnston, the activist mommy who does all this stuff, she's been around Uh forever. Okay. Like the teen Vogue stuff went viral recently, but she's been an activist for like decades. Oh. And with her husband, too. And basically, he got he found her website. I don't know if it was a secret or anything, but her old website is still archived online. Okay. Um, I don't think it's accessible if you just type in the URL, but you can go to, like, archive, internet sure. archive, stuff like that, and find it. And it turns out one of the articles of many disturbing articles that was on their site was basically how to discipline your kids, Oh no. And remember, this is a lady who has 10 kids at oh, the time yeah. at the time this website was up. I think it's 2004, she had 4 kids. So Shit. still a lot of kids. And some would argue 
Too many kids. <laughs> many, yeah. Um, and she was riffing on a famous book in the evangelical world what? called To Train Up a Child. Um, it's written by Michael and Debbie Pearl. It's famous because, it's infamous rather, because the Pearls basically say if you want to discipline your child, you should literally get a rod and here's how you should beat them. So it doesn't hurt them. We don't want to hurt them. But seriously, whip your kids with Wait, this Wait, what do you mean you don't want to hurt them? That's the, the, You know what's the easiest way not to hurt a kid is to not don't hit it with a that. rod? Yeah. So it's In a disturbing experience. book. Like people were mad that Amazon was stocking it at mm. all. Amazon's like, we just published it. Don't blame us. Whatever. Yeah. Separate conversation. But a lot of people, especially maybe a generation ago, really, if you ask evangelicals about Michael Debbie Pearl... They know about Michael and Debbie Pearl. Okay. Um, so, Elizabeth Johnston, Tia, activist mommy, she had her own advice that was about how to train your children. Uh-uh. And by the way, the reference, the training up child is basically, you know, if you train your kid well at a young age, they're going to be good kids later on. Uh-huh. So you like that discipline early on, really, really important. Um, advice one <laughs> that Johnston gave, don't let anyone find out you're beating your children. <laughs> Sorry, I'm paraphrasing this one, but here's what she actually said. Oh, God. Almost all spankings will cause a brief red mark on the skin, especially on fair-skinned children. Be sensitive to this. And, this is creepier, don't let your child out in public in shorts if there are red marks on the child's leg. So they know what they're doing Yeah, is they wrong. know it's wrong, but, like, don't let anyone find out. She. By the way, I should say, I don't know if she wrote this. But it's on her site. I'm so tacitly and her hu- her and her husband were clearly supporting all these articles that were on their site. So, uh, advice two: beat your children at home. Says me. Says her. <laughs> don't spank publicly if at all possible. Like, don't presume that nobody's looking. Yeah, there are video the cameras. Co- that's in where the, the cops are. <laughs> yeah, if people find out, they're going to be mad. Yeah, they're going to be mad because you're hitting your kids. Stop it. Um. Number three, you got to use the right tools, obviously. Sure. So she says, or whoever on her website says, uh, a paddle or switch can do this much better than a hand. A switch? Yeah. Are we living in 1930s rural South Carolina? She is. If the child's wearing a diaper, be Get especially that shit out of care- there. Be especially careful not to swing your hand at the child's padded buttocks. Because of the padding, parents are inclined to swing harder, and they can dislocate the child's hip or hurt his back with a heavy swing on the diaper. It's much safer to use a wooden spoon on the open thigh than to risk injury by spanking a padded bottom with your palms. Unquote. Uh, your your jaw is just wide open. I... Oh my God! There's so much to break down there! <laughs> How to hit your kid who's still wearing a diaper. So I... Okay, so when we started that journey of a sentence, <laughs> I thought it was going to be, you don't want to hit the pattern because it's not going to hurt and it's not going to be effective. But what she's saying is you're going to take such a swing <laughs> that you're going to, like, break your child in half. So, like, ease up. <laughs> Pretty much. I... Rule four. Oh, God. Don't let anyone find out you're beating your child. Again. That's that's Uh, number one. She quotes again. Insist that your children cry quietly. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's straight up torture. Strong, loud, uncontrolled crying is a manifestation of rebellion and should not be tolerated. 
Excessive screaming might also prompt a concerned neighbor to call the IRS on HRS. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, it was basically DCFS is what she was getting at. Whatever no, they version call of the it. IRS because there is something <laughs> jacked up with yeah. your taxes. If your, your kids neighbors might that loud. call DCFS on you if they hear your kids screaming like that. How hard are you hitting these kids Fuck, that they're screaming dude. and crying? Okay, so the thing I don't about- hit my kid. She cries loudly sometimes. Like, but my god. The thing that I find really fucked up is that crying loudly is an act of defiance. As if kids have the, the ability to just stop. And also, like, that sounds like some grade A, like, cult brainwashing mm-hmm. activity, doesn't it? Of, like... like Train up a that, child. That's that what that torture, whole book isn't is that about. Isn't how torture works? Like, you... We're this gonna happens, hit you. Don't. And if you make too much noise, we're gonna do it again or something. Like, I think that's straight-up torture techniques. I'm cool. not surprised. Thanks, cool, cool, Jesus. Cool. Uh, step five, always get a lawyer for when you've gone too far, says me. Here's what oh. she said. <laughs> I forget that you're doing it in your own words. <laughs> um, the DCFS thing, they have zero tolerance to spanking. If they learn that you hit your children, hits in quotation marks, they will not hesitate to take your children and then you will be at the mercy, mercy of a liberal court. Oh, those liberals. Yeah. Oh, those liberals protecting <laughs> kids. I hate them so much. Yes. If a social worker comes to your door, she says, just tell her you can, she can ask her questions in the presence of your attorney at a later date. Okay, if you're a decent parent, you probably don't need an attorney for when people are asking you questions about your kids. So here's my question. Because I've seen online, like, I've seen people who are, like, super defensive of spanking. Yeah. And that's a, a position that I find really odd. Because, and I this get This is it. a controversial one in among atheists, too. Oh, is too. it? Yeah. When we posted know. about it, because some of them are like, my daddy spanked me, that's I was exactly fine. exactly what I was about to say is, oh, I went through this, you can too, which I think is... A, a garbage statement in general. And I think any any. I mean, you're an adult who thinks spanking is okay. There is something wrong. Right. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to raise a kid like that. No, you're 100% right. But, like, <laughs> also, what a weird thing to, like, be mad. Like, I have the right to hit my child. Like, fuck off with your... Like, I don't, I don't understand, like, why... Not only... Okay, I get it. Like, if you grew up being spanked and, like... I got, I got spanked as a kid, mm-hmm. I, I think... No, I definitely did. Um, but I would never if. But I have heard and read and and you know done research and it's like, oh hey, maybe hitting a kid isn't the best solution because you're hitting your kid and like that's probably because we tell adults don't solve your problems <laughs> with with violence, and I just find it like a really perplexing hill to die on of like no 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 fuck you i get to hit my kid because it's my property or something it's it's not the same thing but it's the same type of logic we get when we talk about genital mutilation or circumcision too uh which is to say i get to do whatever i want to my kid it's my kid you can't tell me what to do including hurting it it doesn't it's not old enough to make its own decisions or think about this stuff so I can go this far. Well, and it's it, like, where do you draw the line and there? Even that gets into territory of um, I don't vaccinate my kids, or I don't bring them right. to the doctor. I mean, if your kid dies under your watch from something preventable, like, no, we're going to super hold you accountable for that. And if you're giving rules on how to hit a kid who's in diapers, 
Like, they don't know stuff. <laughs> They're yeah, going to watch you to learn stuff. Yeah. And, They'll like, kids imitate. don't have that. Not that I'm a child expert, but, like, kids don't have the kind of self-discipline or, like, ability to see, like, foresight is the word I'm looking for. Like, they, they just can't control themselves. They're little terrors running around. Like, they don't know <laughs> what they're doing. They're like Tasmanian devils, probably. Right. I don't know. I've met your kid, like, twice. She seemed nice. She yeah. Time. No, she she's a Tasmanian devil at times. It's all good. <laughs> but, like, to to... <clears throat> to think that hitting them is the way to get through just seems gross. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. Uh, there's no defense of it. And she didn't respond to my emails where I'm just like, do you still stand by this stuff? Yeah. Uh, is it wrong? Do you, I mean, just tell me that because I get that you wrote this, whatever, 14, 15 years ago. Yeah. Maybe you don't believe it. Yeah. So tell me. And she didn't respond though. She did apparently respond to someone who sent her a link to it, um, basically saying um, these are just like whatever liberals or <laughs> you know haters who are just out to get me. No, didn't no, actually not. respond to the content. That's just, I mean we do that <clears throat> time after time of like presenting somebody's words to them and somehow we've spun it or we were out to get them. Like yeah, no, I'm quoting you directly right. here. I'm not or spinning it's like anything. The thing when uh, NPR was retweeting the the constitution the declaration of independence the declaration of oh, independence one of what like one line at a time and people were like freaking the fuck out like no no these are just the words that we have like if you're reading if you think me giving your shit back to you is me like coming for you <laughs> then maybe like reconsider your stances yeah i don't know i think it's weird Okay, so a while back, we talked uh, to a woman named Britt Marie Hermes, who is a naturopathic doctor. Cool. She was someone who went to a naturopathic school. This is one of those schools where they teach you um, complementary and alternative medicine. And, you know, let me, we'll teach you how to cure for the whole patient. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's all BS, the stuff they teach. It's fake medicine all the time. And yet... She graduated. She worked in a clinic. She wrote prescriptions. She, so she's an MD? No. Oh. She's an ND, naturopathic doctor. Ooh, those Because, again, not a real doctor. Uh, I mean, she... <laughs> Is that what ND stands for? <clears throat> not <yeah>. doctor? Yeah, <laughs> it should. Uh, she built insurance companies. She went by doctor because she graduated from this school that claimed to be this place of medical insight. And then, like, a few years into it, she realized wait a minute, this is all, this is all bullshit. <gasps> and she left and she's actually been spending, uh, I, she came across my radar like a year ago. Uh-huh. Um, she, so maybe a little before that, she started basically writing on her website, uh, naturopathic diaries all about, here's what's wrong with all of this stuff that wow. I used to think was all legit. It's not, here's why. And she's coming from it from a place of expertise, like because uh-huh. she's gone through the training, right? So she could tell you, "Here's what they taught us about it. Here's what your ND or whoever is telling you about this stuff." But here's the science behind it, and mm-hmm. here's why it doesn't work. So she's awesome. Good for her. Um, she went to a school called Bastyr University. B A S T Y R. It sounds like a mythical creature to yes, me. Yes, it does. But uh, it's in Washington State. That's where the school's located. Um, that's where she got her degree. Well, this past week, actually, I should say, like it, sometime in the past several weeks, they sent her basically a cease and desist letter saying, you need to stop trashing us on your website. Because a lot of what she said is, 
Bastyr is one of the most famous naturopathic schools sure. in the country, if not the world. Uh-huh. And so that's where I got my training. So I'm telling you why that school did not prepare me for real medicine okay. is a lot of what she does. And in the process of saying naturopathy is... Naturopathy? It, I don't know. Naturopathy. Okay. Part of saying it's illegitimate is to say the school that taught me got this stuff wrong. Sure. They didn't like that. And so they actually had a list of things she had said that they said, look, take it down from your site uh-huh. or we may have five, sue you for defamation. Um, she's since gotten an attorney of her own. They're working on a response to the letter. Uh-huh. It hasn't been released yet. But what did Bastyr University not like about what she said? I'll give you a couple examples. Yeah. Um, Hermes said on her website, quote, Bastier has incredibly low entrance requirements for naturopathy students. Uh Which, by the way, without looking at anything else here, if you're not in real medical school, Mm -hmm. yeah, the requirements to become a doctor, in big quotes, Uh like, they're going to be lower than medical school. Mm Because if you were good enough to get in medical school, you'd be going going to medical school. Um, So, for example... uh, this is what the school said, <clears throat> and they prefaced it with FACT, in all caps, underlined, bold-faced, FACT. In addition to, I'm going to paraphrase here, in addition to needing a bachelor's degree from an accredited school, to get into Bastier's naturopathic doctor program, you need to complete college-level algebra, chemistry, bio, physics, and psychology. You don't get credit if you earned lower than a C-, minus. And the average GPA for admitted students is like 3.3 or 3.4. I'm not trashing any of that. Like, good for you if you got a GPA that is in the threes. Uh Good for you if you got a C or higher on basic college level. Right. You know, run the gamut of STEM classes. Uh Good. None of that. I'm telling you as someone who attended med school for a year before leaving it, uh-huh. it would not get you in medical school because you need yeah, it way like higher requirements. Basic requirements. Yeah. It's like Go saying... Go them again. You said algebra? Algebra, chemistry, biology, physics, psychology. I taught at a high school for years. Uh-huh. Some of the smarter students at the high school, they finished those courses, all of them, before they graduate. So they do get hazard. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And it's not like it's to the point where it's not even really impressive. It's like, oh, if you're a good student, yeah, you're going to take these classes. Uh-huh. Um, that puts you in in competition with a lot of yeah. other good students. And the question is, where what are you going to do with that stuff? I'm not trashing the requirements, but they're not impressive in the medical world. Yeah, getting a C <clears throat> in biology does not a doctor make. Sorry, like exactly. That doesn't feel um, like... And if you wanted to go to medical school, you would have to take the MCATs, the mm-hmm. admissions test. You would have to do decently well on the MCATs. Mm-hmm. You would have to do outside of school stuff. Like, there's more to it than just getting good grades. But a 3.4 GPA would not get you into most medical schools. Right. So, I mean, it's not the same thing. So when she says they have incredibly low entrance requirements... It's not in the grand scheme of the world. Like, right. hey, if you can do all this stuff, good for you. But in the world of you want to be a doctor, right. these are low admissions requirements. So I don't know where where she got it wrong there. She didn't. Um, another thing. I mean, it's it's subjective, right? It is so subjective. you can't so you can't say <clears throat> But what's here's what's not subjective. You can look up any medical school and see what their average requirements are. Uh-huh. It's way higher than this. Well, 
Yeah, you no know what shit, I mean? Because it's medical school, right. not garbage school. Right. And that's her point. Uh, she also said on her site that Bastier promotes anti-vaccination treatments Boo. because that is a lot of alternative medicine. It's like yeah. doctors, real doctors, will tell you, look, your kid's born. They need these vaccinations on this schedule. Uh-huh. So whenever I take my kid to the doctor, we take our kid to the doctor. It's like, oh, it's the six-month checkup, nine-month, 12-month. Mm-hmm. These are the three shots you need today. Mm-hmm. All right, kid's going to get the shot. Vaccination, done. Um there are people, and this is like the Jenny McCarthy defense, because she doesn't like it when people call her anti-vaxxer. She says, I'm not against vaccinations, but, and this is where she gets wrong, yeah. she says you can delay them because a, it's not good if a kid's getting four or five shots at once. How do you fucking know <clears throat> Jenny McCarthy? Like, that's what fucking <laughs> we talked, pisses... We spoke with Paul Offit a while ago. He was oh, a doctor <gasps> oh, who yeah. said, your Ooh. kid encounters more bacteria diseases coming out of the birth canal yeah. than they do getting any oh, of these shots. Oh, I remember shots. that interview. That shook me up because yeah. he said something about like all doctors get one death or something like that. <laughs> or like or parents or something. Like you get one dead kid free. Like you kill one <laughs> kid and it's an accident or it's a coincidence or whatever. You kill two and then there's consequences or something <laughs> like that. And I'm being shaken yeah, up by he's, that. He knows but his like, stuff. But he said there is no reason to delay the schedule of when you get your shots for the kid. Mm-hmm. And delaying it means your kid isn't ready at that young age when they're exposed to the most stuff. Right. So the faster you get these in that recommended guess- way is better. Um, that's what the Jenny McCarthy defense is. You could do it on a delayed schedule. There are some people who say, I don't want my kid vaccinated at all. What Bastier says, and this is their response, fact, Bastier teaches its naturopathic medicine students the vaccination schedules published by the CDC government and supports the important preventive medicine that vaccines offer. Well, it sounds that sounds rational. That sounds like, look, we're doing what the government says. Yeah. We do tell people to get their vaccinations yeah. there. But they also, here's what they didn't include in their letter to her. Their bookstore sells um their bookstore sells a book that promotes alternatives to vaccines. Their teaching page. They had a they have a like clinic. Like what? Um, if you take certain, I don't know herbs or spices i don't know what they do but like you don't need vaccines because this thing will immunize I, you this it's such fucking bullshit it it's is so dumb they have a teaching clinic at Bastier, and they had an archived page that they've it's not there anymore but it used to be that said getting your yearly flu shot can quote weaken the immune system's natural defense mechanism no that's not how that's, it works it's literally that's not the how actual it works. opposite of that yeah so they might say, look, we teach kids the right stuff, but we also, is what they didn't say, but they also teach them the wrong stuff. And they act like it's okay. That's like saying, that's like this is what the Ken Hanham argument is when they all say we want people to teach creationism in public schools. Mm-hmm. Here's what they'll say. We don't want you not to teach evolution. We just want you to teach, teach all controversy. controversy, teach the alternative perspectives. And the answer is there is no alternative perspective. Right. It's just the one you like, but that it has no basis in science. It's the same thing here. Yeah. There's the vaccination schedule endorsed by doctors, uh, pediatricians everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then the alternative stuff that is dangerous and has not 
And, it has no scientific And what basis. I don't understand, so whenever you hear people who are anti-vaxxers, it a lot of time comes back to like big pharma, pharmaceutical companies, yada, yada, yada. The Jill and, Stein argument. God, don't even with her. But, and, and whatever, like there's discussions we can have about the pharmaceutical industry that <laughs> they do not, they're not in general a super wholesome group of humans. But I think that argument falls <clears throat> apart when it comes down to physicians. To people who, and I know I mentioned it, but I've been listening to Sawbones, and the, mm-hmm. one of the co-hosts is a physician. She's a family doctor. And this, and she says a lot, like, this idea that, like, I, as a doc, like, I care about my patients. The fact that I would purposely do something that I think is harmful for a child or withhold something. Like when they say, oh, there's a cure for cancer. They just don't want you to know. Like, it, excuse me, if she knew how to cure cancer, like, She's a fucking do- like she. She's a doctor. She cares about people. Like your doctor's job is to make you better. And this They're idea not that like with you just for the hell yeah, of it. and that like not just individual doctors are like malicious, but like as a monolith, like as a group, all doctors went to medical school as a big like a really slow payoff of like okay, I'm gonna go through college. I'm gonna go through medical school. I'm gonna go through my internship. I'm gonna go through yep, my residency. Right. I'm gonna do all this shit, and then I'm gonna line my pockets with that good, good pharma money. <laughs> like, no, yeah. if you have that kind of nefarious attitude, you're gonna do a lot less fucking work yeah, to get there and it. just like moonwalk over to Wall Street <laughs> and like get a power tie and get it that way. Like, it's just it's so absurd yeah. on its face. So these naturopathic schools, I mean, they're not substitute medical schools. They are like low grade. It's like comparing all those bad Christian movies to actual movies. Oh, it's just low shots level fired art. Christian movies. <laughs> um, I, so I don't know. Uh, Brit Hermes has not responded yet. She uh-huh. says she will. Um, I hope that becomes public soon. But it's it's disturbing that the school's coming after her because because they don't like what she says about them. But I, I have not seen in their letter, they, they listed more reasons. Mm-hmm. I have not seen anything where it seems indefensible on her end. Yeah, I mean, if <clears throat> it sounds like, again, it sounds like she's just saying what they did, and they're like, that's defini- defamation. Like, that's not how defamation yeah. works. There's Is one it? other, uh, no, she had to knowingly lie about them. That's oh, okay. defamation. You would have to say, look, she, I think, I'm not a lawyer, uh, you would have to say, I purposely tried to, you know, trash you. Right. And there's, I mean, she is, that's the thing is like, she is trying to trash them, but she's saying all (laughs) true statements. Yeah. Um, like if she got something wrong, she'll have to address that. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would also add is the only, and this is me speculating here for the school to say, you are making us look bad and Mm -hmm. it's unfair. They're assuming that there are people who are thinking about going to Bastyr who look up the school online and yeah. do their research and, oh, they stumbled upon this website that makes them look bad. And my first thought was like, if these people are good enough to do research yeah. before they come to your school, they wouldn't be coming to your school. Like, you're not talking about people <sighs> yeah. who know how to do research because they're falling for this naturopathic stuff. So I don't know. I don't even buy that a lot of kids are... I don't know how they know they're getting hurt by her website. Like, are people saying, oh, I I was going to go there, but then I read her website, and now I decided not to. I mean, maybe. Maybe if, like, maybe their impression of what, like, a naturopathic deal is. Is that the official term? Deal? (laughs) Sure. Um, Maybe they think it's a legitimate thing, 
And then they read her thing like, oh, no, this is one of the bad natural naturopathy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, maybe. Maybe. But, sti- but still, it sounds to me, based off what you just, like, read to me, that she's just saying, hey, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. This is what they teach. It's the same thing. Uh, we haven't talked about her much, but uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's goop, uh, which has a lot of BS on it and yeah. pseudoscience stuff. There's one doctor who's gotten a lot of attention. Her name is Jen Gunter, who's basically every time Gwyneth Paltrow has a new thing, uh-huh. she's the f- she's an ob She's the first one to chime in and say, here's why this is bullshit. Oh, funny. And she's fantastic yeah. at it. Um, but again, she's coming from a place where she knows what she's talking about. She deals with the stuff all the time. Um, again, she's an OBGYN. She knows if sticking jade eggs in your vagina is a bad idea, God. which is what she says. Um, so, I mean, it's when you have someone who knows this stuff firsthand, it's worth taking them seriously. So, yeah. anyway, I'll be curious to see what happens to that lawsuit. Yeah. Um, let me talk about uh, a totally different lawsuit, but this one um, is also interesting because it involves uh, school boards. Uh-huh. Uh, give me one second here. Um, there is a story from the American Humans Association, their legal team. And I'm going to, there's so much to this story, but there is a school district in Texas, Birdville Independent School District, has a long history of promoting Christianity. Mm -hmm. So it's a public school district. Public school district. Uh They punished a kid for uh, tearing pages from a Bible among friends when he was trying to make a point. Then he (laughs) held that Bible and carried it around with the ripped pages, and then he got punished for that. They've sponsored... What a teeny tiny rebel. Seriously. They sponsored religious baccalaureate graduation ceremonies, which schools are not supposed to organize or have any involvement with. Uh Uh, If an outside group wants to do it for the graduates, that's fine. Uh, They hosted religious ceremonies, like assemblies, Mm -hmm. uh, with religion in them. There are religious symbols in classrooms. So they have a history of, you know, pushing religion onto students. But here's the the crux of the issue. They have school board meetings where they have religious invocations and students deliver them. Okay. And this is weird on a number of levels because the Supreme Court a few years ago said, look, if you're a city council and you have invocations, as long as the citizens are delivering them and it's open to everyone in a fair way, then it's legal. Right. That's what the Supreme Court says. Well, the school board here, <clears throat> they have students delivering the invocations, and they're almost all Christian invocations. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's a problem for a lot of reasons. Yeah. So that's what the AHA focused on when they filed a lawsuit a while back, like, I think more than a year ago. And they said, the AHA said, quote, by opening meetings with prayers the Birdville School Board is sending the message that they favor Christianity over other religions Mm -hmm. and that non-Christian community members are unwelcome. And by the way, they also pointed out, it's not just that um, this is the same thing as a city council meeting, Mm -hmm. because city council meetings, kids don't have to be there, and that's a big deal. At school board meetings, students are often required to attend, uh, and the AHA said... required in some cases. school board meeting? Okay. For school credit in some cases, to receive a recognition for an academic or extracurricular achievement, Uh to perform for the board, or to resolve some discipline issue. So, like, there are times when some students would have to be at the board meeting Uh for some reason. So, like, there is a coercive, uh, an audience that could be coerced here, and Mm -hmm. it's young. So, I mean, that's another element to all this. So, last August... A district judge, which is the first line of defense here, said, nope, I'm going with the school board. He said the prayers were legal. 
And if you're wondering, like, why would he possibly say that? Is he Christian? I don't know. Oh. Um, but the argument was basically, uh, I'll get to his arg- the argument in a second. But the HA appealed. They went to a court of appeals, mm-hmm. the bigger one. <clears throat> they had three judge panel. They made their case. And the appeals court said the same thing. They, the prayers were legal. And here's what the appeals court said. Um, basically, the argument was that the meetings were at a separate administrative building, so it didn't take place at a school, even okay, though it was a school board. that feels a little slimy. Yeah. They said um, there were no students on the school board. Oh, there's not? I can't believe it. I know. So this couldn't be coercive because those prayers were directed at the board members. Oh, shut up. Stop and it. so just, they were all adults. So what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. And so the HA was furious about this. Yeah. And they were like, you know, they've never made it. The Supreme Court has repeatedly said that school districts may not subject their students to prayers. And they've never made an exception for school board meetings. Uh-huh. Uh, that was from Monica Miller, who we've talked about before, awesome attorney for them. Um, Roy Speckhardt, the executive director, said, no, religious minorities in Texas and elsewhere, like, they need this to be righted. Yeah. So what do you do if you're the HA? You can ask the entire appeals court. Just, like, they got the random three judges oh, who sure, said, sure, no, sure. let's get the entire appeals court to look at it. Uh-huh. The entire appeals court said, we're not re-looking at this case. Uh-huh. They just didn't want to hear it. So there's one route left. Go to the Supreme Court. So that's what they have done. Okay. The AHA this week, they filed, um, it's called a writ. I don't know. Is it called a writ? It's called a writ. They filed a writ <laughs> with the Supreme Court saying, hey, Supreme Court, look at our case and overturn this decision. Uh-huh. Um, and again, this is, it's a long shot for a lot of reasons. Supreme Court only takes up like a right. very small fraction mm-hmm. of the cases they're asked to take up. Um you're asking for the court to swing 5-4 against school prayer mm-hmm. <clears throat> and on a conservative court where Justice Kennedy, the swing vote, he was the one who said legislative prayers were okay. Uh. So you're asking him to change his mind on the issue of school board prayer. Uh-huh. That would have to go right. And you're assuming there are no Supreme Court changes by the time this gets there and all God that. Forbid. So it's a, I don't know that this is going to work. But if it doesn't work and the decision stands as is, it means you will probably start to see more school boards have more prayers. Oh, God. Why? I just... Why? <clears throat> why, why, why? I just don't get it. Right. You can pray literally every second of every day of your entire life. Or you can stand anywhere you want and pray <laughs> loudly. But, like, when you're doing some government shit, just, like, stop for a minute. It's so performative, isn't it? It's... It's it's all for show. It is. And like, what's your fucking point? Like, we got it. You're the majority. Good. Good job. You brought a lot of humans. <laughs> and what happens if a young Satanist wants to speak? What happens if student speakers are censored? I mean, there's so many things that could go wrong if this is allowed. And, and it's, it's so frustrating that like this is the discussion we, we keep having because there's so many more a interesting and b important things we should be working on. But people can't just, like, let this shit go. And, like, and I get there's the argument from both sides of, like, atheists just forget it, just let them pray, which, like, is a dangerous precedent. And it mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're doing, oh, we've done it for 50 years, and so why should we change now that? Like, so I get that. And obviously I'm falling down on the side of the atheists, shockingly. But it just seems like a dumb thing to 
like this is this is the thing that's most important <coughs> to us. Yeah. This is it. This is I found it. That's so that and then excuse me, I almost choked myself. I'm so <laughs> annoyed. And, and that's when Christians scream persecution. That's what they're talking about. They're acting like they're these like uh, persecuted people who live such a hard life. When like, hey, you've had forty five out of forty five presidents. Yeah, Congratulations no, on right. that. And <clears throat> we're coming after you because you're breaking rules. That's how rules yeah, work. You're, you're pushing your religion. If this were any other religion, this conversation would you have would ended lose a long your time ago. Mind. Yep. Okay. All right. Move on. Um, I hate this. There is an essay that was in the New York Times this week, and it was written by a conservative, Rod Dreher, who is uh, famously like a critic of kind of modern-day evangelical Christianity, which sounds great, but he's one of them. Like, Uh he wants them to succeed, so his criticism means a little more, right? Uh And so his argument, I mean, he asked in his piece, his issue was that He's disturbed by all the evangelical Christians who are basically aligned with Donald Trump. Okay. He's like, Donald Trump is not one of you. Like, no. why are you? We're already struggling as a religion. Like, people are dropping like flies from our numbers. Why would you, like, put yourself in Donald Trump's camp and just hasten the entire thing? Uh-huh. He even said at one point, is there anything Donald Trump can do to alienate evangelicals and the other conservative Christians who support him? Like, I don't know unless he decided, maybe he one day tweets out, like, I think women should have bodily autonomy and decide what happens to their own bodies. <laughs> if he accidentally said women should have rights, they might draw the line. Barring that, I don't know what they could do. So all of that sounds great. It's yeah. good to hear that criticism, especially from someone inside In that ranks. bubble. Yeah. Um, here's where I think Dreher totally misses the mark, though. Because... He's angry with Trump and he's angry with Christians, but like he's mad at the Christians because this president isn't good for Christianity. Not because what what Trump is doing is wrong. Wait, in what way is he not good for Christianity? Um, because he's making them look bad, more or less. All the things he does is bad for bad for Christianity in Uh the long run. Um, so some of the things he said. You know, the waning of Christianity will not only be a ca- uh, will not only be a catastrophe for the church, but also a calamity for civil society. He's basically saying we need the church. We need the church to instill morals and goodness throughout the world. And Donald Trump is making that harder for us, right? To do that because people don't take us seriously, right? Um, I don't really understand why he thinks there would be a calamity to civil society if Christianity suffered. Like, I'm pretty sure we're doing worse because they're in power. Yeah. But all right. He also said, um, you know, too many of us are doubling down on the failed strategies that have not worked. And what he's saying is, look, we decided to do the culture war games. Mm -hmm. Look how that backfired on us. Now we're aligning with Donald Trump. Like, you think more people are going to become Christian because they see this partnership? That's not going to work. Well, especially when he's got, what, 33% approval rating right now. Yeah. And, like, you already have, like, 70% of the population. So, like, maybe you shouldn't target the 33%. Why are you alienating even more people? Um, And, again, here's what I don't get. Like, we've seen what happens when Christians have power. This is one of those times, but even until now, yeah. What do we what are what would we be missing if more people left Christianity as a result of watching what they're 
Christian allegiance are doing to Trump. We'd have less to talk homophobia. About yeah, we'd have <laughs> to talk about prayers in public a lot less. I, mean, I know more people who understand science, better movies. <laughs> I don't know, like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't know what we would be missing, and I don't know what I'm bothered by the fact that he seems less concerned about Donald Trump in what he's doing, and he's only upset about Donald Trump in that he's hurting Christians. Well, I mean, because he's making them look bad. He's in power. The Christians are in power, and Donald Trump is threatening that power, and he doesn't like it. And that's yeah. what it comes down to: is he doesn't want to lose his spot on the. Ivory Tower. Yeah. And the funny thing is, Dreher is a conservative with a lot of policy views that are conservative as well, which is funny because, like, Republican Senator Jeff Flake made a lot of news this week because he wrote a piece for Politico where he's, like, basically trashing Donald Trump, and he's trashing his party for going along with Donald Trump. Rightly Um, so. (laughs) Rightly so. And that essay makes you think, like, and this is a guy who's vulnerable in 2018, so he's trying to, like, build himself up now. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, Dude, you voted for all those horrible health care bills. You voted with Donald yeah, Trump Yeah, what has Donald Trump done that you're like, oh, no, that's too far? Yeah, because you're voting with him just about every time. Like, if you, He sits on the Justice Department, uh, Justice Committee, I think, like the Judiciary Committee, which means he has the power to actually do some stuff to yeah. look into what Donald Trump has been up to. Yeah. Hasn't done that. Yeah, and you're right. <clears throat> and when it comes down to it, like... Is the fa- is the thing that you dislike about Donald Trump is like he's kind of an asshole because like yeah that's the that's, least of our that's issues. exactly right like he's a nightmare human on every front but you're worried like he's making y'all look bad like yeah. that's your gripe with him what because he's you're in-, in the party like Flake is enabling everything Donald Trump is doing because yeah. he's going along with it and it's the same thing I want to say to Dreher like if you're bothered by all these evangelicals do something about yeah, it do something more than just saying like I'm upset about this. Tell them like yeah, me too, you're but leaving, I don't, or I'm not tell in them Congress. you don't explain why evangelical positions on these conservative things are wrong. You would think it would be easy to make a Christian case for better immigration policies, yeah. not the ones that they're proposing right now, or more uh, if you you can make an argument that gay marriage marriage equality should be fine within the church mm-hmm. because we like marriage and right. we like monogamy. So look, you have gay people who want to get married. You could make that argument if you wanted mm-hmm. to, and you but say they don't. about little kids. Okay, well, you're not doing anything to A, help mothers who need help, B, find homes for kids with, oh, like gay parents will give these <clears throat> kids a loving home, but like, oh no, two moms, ah! Right. And so Dreher, ha- he's in there. He's mm-hmm. in those circles. But I don't know. He's not He's not criticizing them the way they should be criticized. And like, so it's not as strong as I yeah. think he thinks it is in his head. Well, and I think he thinks it's sort of an act of defiance to be standing against Trump. And mm-hmm. he thinks that's enough. Whereas in reality... It's that's a default at this point exactly. for so many exactly. people. You got to do better than that. Right. All right, I'm going to close this. There's one more story I wanted to bring up because I can't let a podcast go by anymore without bringing up the Creation Museum. Um, Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. Ark Encounter, sorry. Mm. Uh, same thing Damn it, I point. thought we were going to get through one. <laughs> um, there's a man uh, named C. His first name is just C. C-E-E or C period? C period. Brit Beamer. C. Brit Beamer. Oh, Okay. He has to be rich with that name. Yeah. (laughs) He's a conservative activist. His name is Beamer, and he dropped his his first name. That's rich people things. I know, right? He's a friend of Ken Ham's. He is also a guy who runs a research group. They do a lot of market research, things like that. That's fine. 
Uh, so when Ken Ham was opening up Ark Encounter, he went to his friend, Seabit Brit Beamer, whatever, <laughs> and said, I need you to figure out how many people are going to visit estimates so oh. that I can plan this out and stuff and tell the media. And Beamer basically came back to Ken Ham after doing his research and said, I estimate first year attendance will be anywhere from 1.4 million people to 2.2 million people. This was in uh, 2014, I think. I mean, long before it opened. It opened in 2016 because we're doing the one-year anniversary. Right. Okay. So before it opened, long before it opened, he was estimating 1.4 to 2.2 million. Okay. We now know, or pretty sure, Mm -hmm. that after the first year, it's around a million. Okay. So, and by the way, when Beamer gave Ken Ham those estimates, he went to the media with them and said things like, uh, we expect over 1.6 million guests our first year. We expected o- almost 2 million people coming that first year. And he used those numbers. That's a really, and I don't know much about market research, but what did you say? He said be, originally between 1.4 and 2.2, based on a lot of factors. That's a huge <clears throat> range. It is a huge range. I think he was like, well, there's nothing to compare this to because there's no other hundred million dollar attraction specifically about Christianity. So like you can't compare it to Disney world, but it's not that expensive. So you can't compare it to Disney world because that's secular. Uh You can't compare it to like another Christian thing like this to see their track record because it doesn't exist at the scale. Uh So that's why I think the range is higher than you might expect. But whatever, it's still way too high because mm-hmm. even the low ball estimate is still like 50% yeah. higher than it should have been. Yeesh. So he wrote an article, Beamer did, for uh, Kentucky.com wait, this wait, week. Wait, 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 was the headline, I done fucked up? Uh, close. Oh, really? <laughs> Basically, he wanted to say, he wanted to give his explanation My bad, for y'all. why he overestimated the ark attendance, okay. which is a good idea. Like we should know I this. I didn't account for atheists saying atheisty <laughs> things. We've heard that excuse from right. Ken Ham, right? We blame atheists. They trashed us too much. So he wrote this letter to the editor, but it was a long one. Uh-huh. So think about all the things he could have blamed. The ticket prices are $40 each for yeah. adults. Like you want to take your family for, it's like $160, $70 yeah. plus tax, plus parking, whatever. You could blame high ticket prices. Uh-huh. You could say the exhibits suck because it's sound effects and nothing. <laughs> like a Noah's Ark doesn't have good exhibits. Right. It's got uh, animals. You could blame atheists again. Two of most of them. <clears throat> Here's what he said. Oh, God. God. Uh, I was disappointed the Ark hit only one million guests this past year because we should have had more. Cool. We opened on July 7th, 2016. By opening this late... We missed those who planned their summer vacations in March, April, and May. That was his argument. We opened in July. We missed out on all those summer vacationing people and those who planned their summer vacations. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hemet. Go for it. Just a really quick question. Please. In the last 12 months, since July 2016, has there been... Another March, April, May. I'm just there have been ha- in 2017. I wanted to check because yes. my Gregorian calendar sometimes <laughs> lets me down. Mm-hmm. Um, so those don't what count clearly. Is he talking about? I don't know. The other thing is, you open in July, but he said people plan their summer vacations in March, April, and May. Even if the attraction isn't open yet, people knew it was gonna open. They could have planned in May to go there in July. Yeah. They or didn't. 
go there in July 2017. That too. This is dumb. He's dumb. <laughs> He's the marketing expert here. Then they and by the way, delayed it three months. Here's the best part. Months. If you look back at this, so why did they pick July? I guess is the question. Yeah. And why didn't Beamer say, "Hey, if we open in late July, we're going to miss all this summer traffic yeah. on hey, year Beamer, one"? Hey, Beamer, that's your literal job. <laughs> <laughs> right. They chose the date of July seventh, and I found it on Ken Ham's site. Uh, there was a religious reason they chose July seventh. Oh, 7th. really? Here's Ken Ham. We wanted to choose an opening day that had significance. And so, like we do in every aspect of the Answers in Genesis ministry, we started with God's word. Genesis, uh, chapter 7, verse 7, says, So Noah, with his sons, his wife, and his sons' wives, went into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Using the verse reference, 7-7, as a date, July 7th, gives us the most appropriate time to allow the public to enter the ark as well. So opening on that date sure. was a Fucking way to whatever. honor God. Fucking whatever. That's fine. So if... That's if dumb. He, they Everything about open, this is fucking if dumb. If Beamer really wanted to open earlier, he's defying Genesis. And basically saying Ken Ham shouldn't have trusted the Bible for opening on July 7th. Hammett, when you go on paternity leave, mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about the Ark Encounter That's at all, right. all. But there's so much good stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I just... Ken you know what, I, as someone it's who has so followed this story forever, you know what Ken Ham never said before Ark Encounter opened? I done fucked up. I done fucked up. We're opening in July, and you know what that means, everyone? It means our attendance is going to be lower because we missed all that early but I, school year. But, but again, there's another I mean, summer. Yeah, that was a really dumb time to open. But also, I don't remember hearing, like, we're opening on this day because of this. Like, do you remember? Was that publicized or was the that? The Genesis thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on oh, his website was? before okay. it opened. That's like, we thinking. knew why it was going to open. He never said, yeah, we're opening this late. We'll sacrifice some attendance. Right. But it's following the Bible. He never said that. Well, I mean, this is you put in hindsight, rationalization. Of like, oh, we, we didn't get the numbers. So we had this, like, ready-made list of excuses. Yeah, look, no one's going to Ark Encounter because the people who've been to Ark Encounter are not thrilled with it. Yeah. Unless you're a diehard Christian who thinks this is the greatest thing ever and Disney World is too far away. <laughs> you know what? And I Harry mean? Potter's of the devil, so you don't want to visit You know that what it makes me think place. of is, um, if, I don't know if you've ever seen interviews from after when the Phantom Menace, which is the... Star... There you go. Something. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So Phantom Menace was the first prequel to come out in like early 2000s. Yeah. And they would interview people coming and it's a famously bad movie and they would interview people coming out and they're like, so like just dead behind the eyes of like, I hated that, (laughs) but it's still a thing I love. So like, how do I process this? That's kind of what like I imagine our (laughs) encounter people are like of like, I wanted to like it so bad and I have to keep smiling because I'm a Christian and that's what we do is smile through the pain. Ark Encounter is the phantom menace of uh, the creationist world. So you heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Which is sad because you know they're going to do even more sequels. (sighs) Do you think? I mean, they can how? Or they're going to build on top of whatever they have. They're building a giant tower of Babel. Like for next year, that's their and next just have people speak different languages. I don't, they don't really, like, they I don't, don't know like what they're gonna do with heaven. it. Why do they want to hear different languages? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but it'll be interesting. We'll find out. But how can they? No, how can <clears throat> they like financially justify that? Because the more attractions they have, the more people who will want to visit in their heads. And notice that their exhibits are never. Let's take what we already have and uh, teach people more stuff, right? About Noah. 
let's improve the exhibits we have or get new exhibits because there are none. Like, you know what real museums do? They're like, hey, you have an artwork at your museum. Let's bring it here for an exhibit. Um, So people have a reason to come back. They don't do that um, because there's nothing to learn there. (laughs) This is dumb. I still want to go there, though. (sighs) Okay. Summer trip. Don't apparently don't. No one's doing it before July. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. That was so. stupid. Not not this <laughs> podcast. Just like everything Ken Ham says or does. <laughs> I know you're talking about the podcast. It's all good. <laughs> you caught me. Um. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Blueberry B L U E B U R I E. Um, my Etsy shop is Bitches Get Stitched Done. I actually have gotten two custom orders from Look at listeners. You. One was, maybe you know this because you know what math is. Um, do you well, know what a unit circle is? It's Yes. I'm, I spent many weeks on it with the students in Trig. I'm doing one. See, that's oh, a oh man. Like for a, uh, a math nerd lady who nice. is super psyched about it. And, that um, is neat. So, yeah, uh, you can reach me there. Um, what and, else? And... Uh, Friendly Atheist Podcast uh, dot com oh, or yeah. at gmail dot com. We'll get your emails. Oh yeah, email us. Yes, we haven't gotten a lot of emails lately. Or you've been that's sh- probably that's probably good. Because <laughs> you're like she's gonna break eventually. <laughs> no, send us emails. It's all good. Yeah, we will talk to you maybe next week. We'll see. I'll well, just I'll give t- all those I'll, I'll equipment talk to, you next week. to Jessica. We'll see what happens. I'll be here next week. Hammond <laughs> might have a new human child. Okay. Bye. Now I know how to spank the child too. Thanks, Elizabeth Johnston. <laughs> all right. Bye. All right, bye. Bye.